This is a contemporary conservative.net podcast. This is another episode of Conservative Conversations with your hosts, Reed and Frank. Hey, Reader. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself? Doing just fine. It's a pretty day, some cold wind, but pretty day. Yeah, uh, it's pretty nice up here where I'm at, and yesterday was beautiful. I went out on a walk with a friend of mine uh, around the neighborhood. It was great. I'm sure it was. Nice to get out. Sure is. Well, let me ask you, did you hear uh, what's going on up on Capitol Hill today? Uh, not yet today. Uh, been a little busy this morning, so I haven't got to catch up on any of the news going on in the early hours. Well, I'll tell you, from my point of view, I think it's pretty crazy. Um, they've got everything shut down. Congress canceled all their sessions for today. Both houses? <laughs> well, they canceled all their sessions. They're not there on the Hill. Everybody's got their tail tucked between their legs, and I guess they're uh, maybe at home or somewhere else, but they're certainly not at the Capitol. Do you know, do you know why? Yeah, because... I'm sure you might have seen, but yesterday, uh, I think it was the Senate Committee on Homeland Security, they were um, interviewing Christopher Ray. He went up and testified. Did you see a couple of those uh-huh. headlines? I saw that he was, was testifying, but I didn't see any uh, clips of him being there. Well, it was pretty boring. I, I watched on and off only for about a half hour total, uh, is what I probably saw of it, but Apparently, um, as part of this testimony, um, you know, they have reason to believe, (laughs) somehow, they had reason to believe that the Capitol was going to be attacked again today by these QAnon people. Oh, gosh. Yeah, why they think the QAnon people are going to be up there uh, storming the Capitol, I don't know. I don't know what's significant about March 4th, (laughs) you know, but... um, I know one of the other things they discussed was there was a bunch of chatter that the Capitol was supposed to be attacked on January 20th, too, when Biden got sworn in. And nobody showed up to that one except there were left-leaning protesters, but there weren't any right-winger protesters. So where they're getting this information or why they think it's a viable threat viable enough to shut Congress down just baffles me. I, I can't really understand. I mean, part of me wants to go back and review Christopher Ray's testimony, but it's so boring. You know, I don't really have an interest, but I'd like to know where they're getting this information, why QAnon is such a threat, why they shut the Capitol down. I mean, it's just mind-boggling. From what I've heard, the FBI had plenty of you know, chatter about January 6th happening, and they didn't really do anything. But it seems like now they don't really have all that much to go on, and they're doing this. Yeah, it's almost like they're just stringing the story along, keeping yeah. keeping fear alive. I don't know why. I don't know what purpose it serves. Well, Please. I know they still got the, the barbed wire going around the uh, Capitol in the White House, right? That's correct, yes. I've heard complaints about that, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's supposed to stay there until fall, I've heard. I wouldn't be surprised if it stayed up permanently. Yeah. If there's an effort to distance those 
representatives from the people they represent, you know, and we're mm -hmm. not supposed to be, uh, we're supposed to be kept at a distance. You know, it's not just the QAnon folks, but it's right. all of us. We're not worthy. They're the special type of people. That's exactly right. I've heard they somehow put on their pants differently. <laughs> yeah, by having people do it for them. Yeah, they lie on a nice sofa with their legs extended and a whole team of people <laughs> put their pants on for them. Have they got people grabbing the arms and lift them up? People pulling up each leg, putting their each leg through the pants and pulling them through the whole deal. Sounds about right. Both legs at a time. Not like all of us who do it one leg at a time, on our own. Well, I'll tell you something else that's been in the news: Governor Cuomo stuff. Andrew Cuomo. Mm -hmm. How do you think? How do you feel about all the backlash he's facing? Uh, it's about time, um, he's a pretty crappy governor, and I think his whole attitude supports the idea that I've heard people call him a bully. He's, he seems rather smug a lot of the time, and, um, the other day I was thinking to myself that, you know, it came out pretty quickly right after all the... Uh, COVID nursing home stuff about him between that and when um, these allegations about him uh, right. the sexual allegations right? and I thought to myself well that's pretty interesting because of course these women could have brought it up anytime and I think you know I think, I think it's serious stuff for sure I'm not just uh, dismissing their claims uh but i think for some people in the democratic party it's a good cover for people focus focusing on his mishandling with the old people during the early stages of the covid breakout well that's exactly why i brought this up to you because i find it not really telling or surprising or anything of that nature. I mean, when you're a politician, you make a lot of enemies, you know, even if you mm -hmm. don't try very hard, you're always sure. going to end up making some enemies. So the idea, and you know, he's been involved in politics forever, forever. He's followed yeah, his daddy's family path. Deal. Right. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so I'm sure there's a lot of people who still have even more damning information on Cuomo. Sure. But what just fires me up, gets my goat, is that, you know, this, the um, pandemic stuff went on for so long. It's been here almost a year, about a year now. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, uh, you know, he could do no wrong. Now, obviously, he ticked a couple people off, but if you look at overall coverage of Cuomo, you know, I think he won some kind of a prize, didn't he? He got an Emmy. He got an Emmy. Yeah, a daytime Emmy, Emmy for for uh, giving those His those news conferences, briefings. whatever they were, yeah. Uh -huh. <clears throat> I mean, he's he's been lauded through this whole thing. He's been... Oh, yeah. Certain people have called for him to run for president. 
uh, because mm -hmm. he was such a good example through all this. And <clears throat> but then we knew all along because we're conservative minded. We knew he was making mistakes. We knew he wasn't mm -hmm. the example, the shiny example everybody ought to look to. Right. But still, as, as news starts coming out, he made this mistake, he made that mistake. He was caught exercising, you know, without a mask on. He's doing all this right. stuff, you know, do as I say, not as I do. Nothing happens, nothing happens, nothing happens. Then the worst of it comes out, that they undercounted these deaths. He sits there and says... What's it matter? It's like the Hillary Clinton Benghazi line. What's it matter? They're dead. What's it matter? Who? How many? It was the it was the nurses. It wasn't the fact that he was sending the old people who had the virus back to the nursing home. It was the old, the nurses coming in and out. Yep, but no backlash. No backlash. No backlash. Then mm -hmm. the sex scandals and oh my gosh, how the mighty fall. He's yeah. just getting beat up left, right, and center all over the news, no matter who you turn into, except for his brother's program, of course. But everywhere else, he's just getting slapped down a rat hole. And that just infuriates me about people, about our culture, about the media. Mm -hmm. He can literally do everything wrong. Kill. He can kill people. Nobody cares. It's all swept under the rug. But he touches a girl who has a backless dress at a wedding. And oh my God. We got to get this guy out of office. Yep. How yep. sick he's, is that? Yeah. He's, he's not politically useful anymore. It's absolutely shameful. It's shameful. On the flip side of the coin, though. I'm sure you heard about Governor Abbott down in Texas. Oh, yeah. That Neanderthal. <laughs> that Neanderthal. I think you've been listening to Juan Williams on the five. <laughs> well, I heard that uh, Biden said that's Neanderthal thinking for well, Texas and Mississippi to do that. <laughs> well, uh, what's his face? Juan Williams repeated it then. I didn't hear <laughs> Biden say it. <laughs> yeah, I think it's amazing though I want to move to Texas I mean he said right? we're done no more mask mandates no nothing they're done well what people and it's you know the media doesn't point this out on purpose but what people seem not to get is he only removed the mandate it's not like he's saying don't wear masks anymore right he's just removing the you know the government, state government mandate for people to have to have one in certain places. People can still wear masks all they want. Businesses can still require people to wear masks in their businesses all they want. The only thing that happened was the governor said, we as the government of the state don't require it anymore after a certain date. I don't even think it's gone in full effect yet. Well, I think it's wonderful. I mean, I think the places yeah. like Florida and that wonderful uh -huh. woman out in, where is she, North Dakota or South Dakota? South Dakota, the South warm Dakota. one. Yeah. Uh, you got to see her speech at CPAC. I thought it looked good. Um, I don't know that I heard. I might have heard a few clips or something. Um, I don't remember, though. But uh, 
but I'm pretty fond of her. And, and those governors mm. in those states have done phenomenally well. Right. Uh, I think it's time for our poor little DeWine to wake yeah. back up and get things going here again. I don't know when he comes up for re-election, but he's not going to get my vote this time. Uh, I think in 22. I think 22. he ran in 18. Well, I'm not voting for him. I'll tell you that. I'll vote for his number two, John Husted. I still like John quite a bit. But, uh, but I'm done with DeWine. I really think his true colors came out in all this. Uh, I do too. Um, and speaking of running, uh, you know, one of the things that happens at CPAC each year is the straw poll where everybody votes for the, their favorite conservative. I don't know what the actual question is that they pose to the people, but, um, uh, not counting Donald Trump, who I believe came in first in all of them, but Ron DeSantis was first, um, and then second was Christy Nome from South Dakota. Yep. And a lot of people think that Ron DeSantis would be a good run for 2024. Yep. And I think that he would be, but I don't see it happening because it was either on Handy or Tucker uh, maybe a month or so ago. He pretty much already admitted that he's going to run for governor again in 2022. But of course he can always you know, run service two years and run for the president. But he seems like the kind of governor that would stick out his term. Um. So do you have any thoughts on who, like, if you think he'll run or if he th you think he's a good pick or who do you think might be the next uh, upper comer, up and comer? Well, I do have some thoughts on it. I don't know that this far out ahead that I'm really pulling for anything or really have any sure. good notions, but um, right, right. I've heard some interesting chatter. And just to pick up on what you're saying, I mean, I think it would be a good idea for DeSantis to stay in Florida. Right. Yeah. He, he has some good power there in Florida. Florida has been a pretty good state for us. Yeah. Uh, I think him staying at the helm, keeping Florida open, keeping the, their economy mm -hmm. open, I think would be very good. And, um, maybe leave the upper level stuff for somebody else. I'd hate, I'd hate for somebody to replace DeSantis and, and get Florida into a, a predicament or a, a worse spot. Right. So. Right, yeah. Uh, and especially with Trump living down there now, I know that there could be some hinky issues. Like, for instance, the way that uh, now that he's not president anymore, they have gotten his taxes. Uh, they've yeah, gotten it turned over. In New York. Mm-hmm. And so I like to think of Trump as having a, at least a layer of protection at the state level so that now that he's a resident of Florida, the state of Florida can't just pick on him, attack him, get right. get things. So I'd like to see somebody I, – I understand that Trump and uh, DeSantis get along pretty well. So I'd uh, like yeah. to see that dynamic stay where it is. And yeah. – on the, a similar topic, I've heard the idea that Trump may run for Congress out of Florida. That'd be interesting. Yes, I think it was just somebody spitballing, but sure. 
It's an interesting scenario that I heard. It has definitely hung around in my brain. It's total malarkey at this point. I think he'd have a heck of a lot easier time getting a local seat, that's for sure. Or even, you know, if it's in the, you know, Florida, U.S. Senate. Well, see, and that's why I started by saying what I said about DeSantis still maintaining mm -hmm. his power is because assuming a vacancy arises, he has pretty good authority to put in whoever he wants. I mean, not not in all situations and circumstances. He can't just pull right. anybody out of a hat. But to keep in mind that he could, I mean, let's just say, for the sake of spitballing here, that he could just plug Trump into a vacancy. I right. think that's a pretty cool idea. But let's say, and uh, I don't know whose original concept this was. It's not mine. Just repeating it. But let's say Trump made it into the Congress out of Florida. He won a seat in the House. Then somebody said something to the effect of he wins the votes for Speaker. He becomes Speaker of the House. Then they impeach uh, Biden and Harris together. They impeach them both. And he becomes president again. <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting theory for sure. Uh-huh, isn't it? But still, um, it did get me thinking. It got the little wheels in my head turning. And the idea of Trump going into the Congress rather than running for the presidency in 2024 is quite a concept. And in that case... In that case, I think my pick for president, this is really hard. I don't know. I don't have a good one. But I'll tell you, somebody I still trust probably more than anybody else in this country. Did you guess where I'm maybe going? I'm not 100% sure. Do they serve currently? I do not believe so. I could oh, be man, wrong, no though. Idea. Well, you're going to have to help me come up with the name anyway. I can't think of it right now. But our Secretary of State under Trump. Oh, um, Mike Pompeo. Mike Pompeo. I think he would be one hell of a presidential candidate. Yeah, he'd be good. I think he'd be good. I like him. I trust him. There's not too many politicians I could say that about. I'll give you one example. I like Ted Cruz, but it's a very on-again, off-again relationship that I have with Ted Cruz because he speaks out of both sides of his mouth. He'll get into bed with anybody. He's a true politician. I like him when he says the things that I like, but would I put him in charge of the country? Hell no. Anybody but Cruz. Yeah, I like, in general, what he does as far as conservatism goes, but he's not my favorite one, that's for sure. No, he's too greasy. But he's just like Chuck Schumer in that regard. Chuck will yeah. say things out of both sides of his mouth. He'd say anything. And they all do, you know. But I find his general tone and attitude kind of off-putting. We're talking talks. about Cruz, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Well, and I don't know if you've ever seen him in a meeting or like a roundtable discussion, but he, he, he comes off as a very eager beaver, too. He, he always wants to be called on. Mm-hmm. He always wants to say something. Uh, heaven forbid somebody doesn't mention that Ted Cruz is at the table. I mean, you can right. just tell he's a he's a, a ham, to put it politely. Mm-hmm. He always wants to, he's sort of a diva, wants to be right in the spotlight. Yeah, I can see that. Well, I heard um, that Tim Scott is thinking about a potential run in 2024. I think he'd be pretty decent. I think, I think a conservative of any stripe sure. would be a great one. choice. Um, <laughs> I don't know about the whole identity politics thing. But just given that it sort of is the way of the world right now, I think it'd be, I don't know. I don't know how to quantify this, but it would definitely be a strategy, wouldn't it? Mm Mm-hmm, yeah. I don't know how particularly good of a strategy. I don't really agree with it, but if we're talking long-term success of the party, it might very well be necessary. I think a Tim Scott would be a much better choice than somebody as polarizing as Candace Owens. Up, oh, that's exactly who I was about to bring up next. You kind of beat me to it. I was going to say she, I guess, is making hints that she might run. I think that would be a mistake. Yeah, I <clears throat> I think so, too. I love uh, little Candace Owens. Love her to death. I'm so happy for her. I understand she just had her baby. Um, they seem very happy. But she's such a polarizing figure, and she right. knows it. She knows that she's capitalizing on it. God bless her for it. Oh, yeah. But to put it at the national level, I think would be a terrible, terrible mistake. Right. Yeah. But who who knows? We got quite a, at least two years before people really start putting it out there that they're going to be running. Yeah. I don't know. I really don't know. This this last election had my head so screwed up for a while <laughs> that uh, yeah, hard to think long term about who should hold power. Right, that's true. I don't think any of them are deserving right now. I think they ought to bulldoze the capital and start over <laughs> again. <laughs> well, the only other thing I've written down, have written down here that we haven't touched on is about the. Uh, the stimulus, um, I understand that it passed oh. the House, uh, not just the stimulus, excuse me, but I mean, it sort of is a stimulus package, if you want to look at it that way, the, mm. the yeah, 1.9 trillion 9. American rescue mm-hmm. package or whatever they're calling it. Um, I understand it passed the House. Uh, the Senate made a couple of changes. They stripped out the $15 minimum wage. That is not going to fly. And um, they settled on a figure. It'll be households. I'm sorry, excuse me. It'll be individuals making $80,000 or less will qualify for the stimulus payment and married couples making $160,000 or less will qualify. So as I understand, those are the only two changes that have been made. 
but they still have some ping-ponging back and forth between the two chambers to do before they can put it on Biden's desk. But the oh, earliest... Reconciliation. Yeah, the earliest um, that I heard Biden might sign the bill would be by the end of next week. So... Hmm. Uh, we'll see. I'd like to find out what else they finally got crammed in it. I've seen some breakdowns, and there are certainly some things in there that don't need to be. Especially when you consider... Mm. Uh, well, like, let's just look at one of the more favorable programs. The uh, Paycheck Protection Program, the PPP, that came out of oh, the, yeah. uh, the first CARES Act. Um, mm-hmm. As I understand it, there's something still to the figure of like $183 million sitting in the PPP program right now that haven't been dispersed. And they're talking about adding another, you know, I'm going to make this figure up. I don't have it in front of me, but they're talking about adding another $300 million to the pot. And it, it does seem kind of silly when you consider that, you know, there's still all this money sitting there in the PPP account that hasn't been spent. Mm-hmm. I understand that that's the case for several rounds. Of yeah, I was going to say, stimulus. I've heard that um, about school, funding for schools, there's still money that they blocked out for schools that hasn't been spent. And the extra money they're trying to get out of this bill isn't supposed to even be spent until like a year or two from now. I heard some of the spending may not take place until 2024. Yeah. So, I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty silly, you know, because you hear Biden and Harris and some of these other people, be polite, get out there and say, oh, America needs this now. Right. But we're talking about spending trillions of dollars in 2024. So, I mean, what? Yeah. how does this... It just doesn't jive, does it? Nope. I mean, their, their whole plan doesn't jive. That's exactly right. And I'm sure there are some people out there just desperate for the money. I'm sure of mm-hmm. it. But on the whole, doing something like what Abbott just did in Texas would be... A crap ton better for everybody involved, for the individual, yeah. for the government, for the 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 programs. <clears throat> Instead of just being funded and funded and funded and funded and funded out of the Federal Reserve. With money we don't even have. We ought to get back to what Democrats like. Tax and spend. You spend it from tax. If you don't tax, you can't spend. We've gotten away from tax and spend. Now they just spend, 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 baby. I don't, I, it, uh, I don't know. I don't know how they expect it to work. But, you know, that gets into a whole different topic I think we could spend another half hour on because it almost gives the impression that they want to spend us into bankruptcy, that they want us to hit rock bottom, that they want America to be ruined. But... I'll save that soapbox for another episode. <laughs> well, I'll just kind of put a point on it real quick. I said, if if they do all that, then they can come to the rescue. Well, uh, I just wonder it's who's going to come to their rescue. You know, China's been funding us the lion's share. They've they've been the 
the lion's share provider of these future funds we've all spent. And mm -hmm. uh, I just wonder when the government goes belly up, what happens? I don't think there's enough gold in Fort Knox to to save Uncle Sam. Uh, not from the Chinese. <laughs> well, especially, I mean, what are we up to? We're we're closing in on thirty trillion dollars in debt, are we not? Pretty close. Be there before we know it. I think we're somewhere between twenty-one and twenty-three right now. Then yeah. you tack on another two trillion. And then I hear sometime this year they want to do an infrastructure bill. They want to redo the roads, bridges, and highways and byways and all that. And, uh, you know, that sounds to me like another easy trillion. So it sounds like we could be at $26 trillion debt by the end of the year. Oh, uh, yep. Keep on racking it up. We need to print money like it's... Going out of style, well, why not? Yeah, I heard one-fifth of all dollars that have ever been printed were printed this year. Well, you know, 2020. Right. I believe it. All right, well, that... Unless you had any other things you wanted to chat to the people about? Uh, nothing in particular. Um, nothing that comes to my mind uh, specifically. I think we've had a pretty good conversation. I'd say so. Nice, polite little conversation for a Thursday afternoon. That's right. Then I guess we can leave it there for now, and we can catch up with our listeners later, or then catch up with us, however it goes. <laughs> All right. Well, we certainly wish anyone out there well, and we thank you for listening. That's right. Remember to leave a review and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast and visit our website at contemporaryconservative.net.